WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Rinku, and I will be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. Megan, how are you doing today? Oh, good. Now that we have the lights off in here. <laughs> yeah, we are doing the show in the dark. No, we no. there's light coming into the building, but no, the lights were a little too hot. So uh, we turned them off. But uh, Dave was complaining. It's hot. They're right on me. I know. It's that's why I said Dave was complaining. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so how's your Memorial Day weekend been going? Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, um, uh, Saturday wasn't too nice, but, you know, yesterday and today especially has been super hot. Yes. So at least, I mean, I'm complaining about the heat now, but and you are too, obviously. But <laughs> I, other than that, it's been good. It's nice having a, a weekend off from everything. No, it really is. And, uh, yeah, I hope everyone out there right now is having a good Memorial Day weekend. It is has, has been beautiful weather today. I uh, hope everyone's all right after some of those storms uh, that ran through here, the whole uh, area really, last night. Uh, kind of cool. I was like a good thunderstorm. But uh, we do have a special guest in the house, actually, for his second appearance on our show, James Akers. How you doing? Good. How are you doing today, James? I'm pretty good. All right, man. Well, it's good, good to have you back on the show. All right. Well, today we have a lot to get to, actually, on today's show. Uh we are inside. We, we work on Memorial Day, too, ladies and gentlemen. We don't get today off, okay? But uh, we do have a lot to get to on today's show. Uh, we're going to be talking about Jim Tressel. He just stepped down here at Ohio State. We're going to get to the Detroit Tigers, obviously. NBA Finals preview with Dallas and Miami. That's starting off tomorrow night. We're also going to be talking the NHL. We have the Vancouver Canucks and the Boston Bruins kicking it off Wednesday evening. And we're going to talk about some Indy 500 and just some really amazing racing this weekend uh, with NASCAR and the Indy 500. Mm -hmm. I'm not the biggest racing fan at all, but the drama that went down this weekend really was something else. And we will get to that later in the show. Uh, we will start the show off tonight, though, with Jim Tressel. Jim Tressel. Uh, Jim Tressel. Tressel. Uh, Jim Tressel. He has stepped down today and resigned from Ohio State as their head football coach. Um, this has really been since all the violations that came out, having to do with the tattoo parlor. A lot of the players selling their memorabilia, selling their you know rings, selling their jerseys, selling you know selling their gold pants that they would get. And, uh, you know, Tressel basically completely covering all of this up and lying about it. And uh, finally, he has decided to step down. Um, here's a quote uh, from uh, Tressel uh, regarding the matter. Tressel says, quote, after meeting with university officials, we agree that it is in the best interest of Ohio State that I resign as head football coach. And then Trader, uh, he le uh, later said, uh, the recent situation has been a distraction for our great university, and I make this decision for the greater good of the school, end quote. Now, real fast, um, I just want to get both of your opinions. Start with you, Megan. Um, was it? I mean, this is time for Trestle to step down. You think it better him for this for him to step down rather than get fired, um, or do you think this was kind of a, obviously he steps down so he won't get fired? It's going to happen type deal. Right. Um, I mean, I, I think it's a it's definitely a good thing that he's gone. There's yes. been so much going on with Ohio State, so much speculation, so many things have been found out. Um, for him to step down rather than get fired, I think he thinks it makes him look like a, a better person, quote-unquote, uh -huh. because he's like, oh, I'm taking this upon myself. I'm going to step down. Yeah, instead of, yeah, I'm sorry, I made the mistake, goodbye. Like, instead of the university being like, you made the mistake, uh -huh. you have to deal with it, 
we're firing you, that kind of thing. Um, do I think it was right? I mean, either way, he was probably going to go. Yes, um, exactly. that's what I think, too. So I, I, whether he stepped down or whether he got fired, I don't think it, it matters. I think it makes him feel better as a person. Does it make us look at him any differently? Probably not. Yeah, exactly. And that's how I feel about the situation, and I think it was about time for him to go, especially with everything that's been going on in the past year. No, without a doubt. I mean, Trestle, um, he's just, he's a cheater. And, uh, you know, I don't really use that word very loosely a lot of the times now, but he's just, he's had a storied history of doing this for a long time, uh, covering things up. Yes, he has had great success at Ohio State. No one is disputing that. Uh, the man has an amazing record, you know, at the University of Ohio State. But that does not make up for just all the wrongdoings that he has done for so many years. Um, even with this situation, if he could have just at least come out and said, you know what, I know about, I knew about it, it was wrong, should have reported it. But, you know, he still just backtracks, still lies. And then finally, there's just too much. There's overwhelming amounts of information. And it's just, you know what, it's time to go. Uh, now, James, obviously we all agree here that it was time for Trestle to get his butt uh, out of Ohio State. And if this was a coach, honestly, even somewhere else, not in the Big Ten, I mean, I still would make the same deal about it, just a big cheater. But, you know, having it be in the Big Ten, do you think that Ohio State is going to suffer this year, maybe next year? You know, I mean, when is Ohio State, James, going to really start to, you know, feel this hit from Jim Trussell not being there and all the, you know, great success he's had there? I feel like they'll uh, feel it immediately. I mean, uh-huh. losing Jim Tressel is humongous for the program. I believe that uh, the way he recruited, they can still continue to keep a good pace as a good team for a few years. Uh-huh. But I feel like the sanctions that are going to come down on them or that should come down on them um, are just going to create a situation where they're not going to bring in the talent that they brought in previously. They're not going to be able to compete to the same, you know, same level that they competed previously Mm -hmm. but i do feel like i agree with you guys it was time for him to go i think it was more a situation where they were forcing him to make this decision he wouldn't have made it on his own but i mean the big 10 doesn't need something like that ohio state doesn't need something like that no definitely um i agree with you as well uh he i like i think we talked about it earlier james and i kind of related to the reggie bush situation where you know it's either give the heisman back or we're going to take it from you and it's like you either resign or we're going to fire you and I kind of equate those almost in the same way. It looks a little bit better. Uh, you know, it would have been the same ending story here with him not being the coach of this team anymore, but it makes him look a little bit better, maybe have a little more class. Um, Luke Fickle, he will actually be the coach for the 2011 season. Um, he has been selected already to be the interim coach, uh, even while Trestle was serving when he was going to serve his five-game suspension at the start of the 2011 season. So I really don't know anything about Luke Fickle. So uh, we'll see how Luke Fickle does uh, as the interim coach there next season. Um, another one of the things that uh, I want to talk about here with Jim Trussell, um, you know, he did have a contract of $3.5 million a year through 2014. Now, Ohio State is not required to pay him any of this money or, provi- or provide any of these benefits because of this resignation. Now, Megan, do you believe that Ohio State should just stick with that and not pay him a dime of you know what his contract said. I mean, he was supposed to be paid you know to 2014. We're talking over 10 million dollars. Do they owe him any of that? I don't think so, um, because of everything that's been going on with him, all the stuff he's done. You, as you said, you called him a cheater. Yes, and he's, he is. He's a cheater. He is a cheater. And does he deserve it? No. I mean, that's millions of dollars. Like that's like saying I get fired from my long-term job, and because I was. Like taking money from the company or uh, something like siphoning that. Siphoning funds. Yeah, it was safe, siphoning funds or something. And um, but I had a contract, and they still owe me like ten million dollars. Uh-huh. That's like saying something like that. I think, and I just don't think it's right. I mean, he did what he was supposed to do as a coach, but he didn't fulfill 
what he was supposed to do. Yes. He didn't do those years that he's supposed to do. He stepped down. He left. He was probably getting forced to leave, or he would leave. He was going to be told to leave eventually yes. within very soon, within the next few months. But I, I don't think they should. I think they should stick with it. You know, he doesn't deserve it, as far as I'm concerned. No. I don't think he does either, James. And what do you think? Well, to start off, I'm not a fan of Ohio State. But if <laughs> I don't I think were, any of us are. If I were Ohio State, I wouldn't pay him a dime. I don't feel like he deserves any of it. Um, and I feel like if they do pay him, what does that say that they feel about the situation? Did they really not know that things were going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Or did they did they know and they got his back? Uh huh. Right. It's I, like, I hey, listen, it's just too big of a PR hit for us. Right. We just can't keep you on. Right. right. I agree. Yeah, definitely. With the whole PR thing, public public relations is a huge thing when it comes to college sports. It is. Um, if you make a college look bad, even if they were supporting you throughout whatever you were doing before, and it gets out in the open, gets out in the public, starts to make them look bad, well, they're going to be like, oh, you know, we didn't know anything about this, so we're just going to get rid of them right now. Yeah. Like, Oops. that kind of thing. That's just, like, I feel like I'm not, I'm kind of generalizing, but a lot of colleges, especially Big Ten schools yeah. or uh, bigger colleges, Division One schools, would be that way. Yeah, because I agree. Because, obviously... I I do I don't like Ohio State as much as you do probably maybe even more um, but <laughs> I mean the thing about schools is that's not, that's probably not the only thing that people don't know about there's stuff going on I would say even in Michigan State that people probably yeah probably you know oh we're gonna look the other way and I think there's a level of anything. cheating and a level of just disregard for certain rules right. on all levels of right. any sport that's what I think and but I think because that's out in the open that. It's everyone's like, oh, they need to get rid of him. Like yeah. he needs to go. My biggest issue with this and with Trestle is that it's been a continued thing. And you're coaching college, you're coaching young minds, you're coaching kids that are 18 years old, 19 mm-hmm. years old, 20 years old. They look and up to him. You, yeah, you're a father figure. You're just, you know, you're an, you're an adult to them. They are still kids. I, even when I was 18, I thought I was I'm a kid. And you're only 18. You don't really know a lot. And when you have someone that's had such success in this business and been doing it for so long, and you see him cheating, what kind of example does that set for all these young minds and all these young kids thinking, you know what, well, if I can get away with it and I can be smooth enough about it, then who cares? You know, if you don't get caught, big deal. And that's not the kind of mindset that I think a college coach, especially mm-hmm. at such a uh, story university, should really be setting for these kind of kids. Okay. And that's really been my biggest issue with it. Yeah. You know, if it was, you know, if we're talking cheating involving the NBA, the NHL, it's obviously wrong, but those are grown men. And, you know, the grown men, you know, they can make their own decisions. They're not living at home with their parents, possibly still. Maybe some of them are. <laughs> but, um, you know, still, I think there's a level of responsibility when it comes to, a, you know, a college coach in any le- on any level of any kind of sport. Um, now, in the, you know, in his uh, tenure there, you know, uh, Jim Trussell went 106 and 22, which is an amazing record. Uh, you know, eight bowl championships in his 10 years there. Um, you know, with uh, he had a record at Youngstown State in, for 15 years of 135, 57 and 2. So this man's all-time career mark is 241 wins, 79 losses, and two ties, which is amazing. He also won four Division One AA national championships while he was at Youngstown State. So I mean, I think that was the toughest thing to get rid of this guy. He yeah. is, he's just he's good. I think he just she, let everything go to his head. Uh huh. I think he was like, I am on such a podium. Everyone respects me. 
I'm not, I could never get fired. Oh, I could never get fired. It's like, you know, when people think celebrities get off easy by, like, police officers because they're famous. Like, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I don't want to say, I don't want to speculate that this is why, but, I mean, some people, that happens. And it's like, they think they're on such a podium. They're so good. I've done this they're for They're untouchable. The, yeah, and I've done this for the school. They'd never get rid of me. They'd never expose me. This would never happen. And then it does. Yeah. And then I think it's kind of a scurry of what to do, especially with PR, as we were talking before. Um, what he wants to do if he wants to leave. I mean, does he want to get fired? What's the difference? Like, should he wait? Like, that kind uh-huh. of thing. And it's just, you know. It's like, good to take care of it now. Right, right. I agree. And I agree with your whole thing with, you know, he's a father figure and everything. It's just like a kid. Like, it's a child. You yeah. sit there and you give a bad example to your child. They're going to pick up on it. Yeah, no matter what you're doing. Exactly. And if these kids want to end up in pro football and they see the things that he's doing and they try and recreate it almost you know it's not going to work out very well for him it really won't um yeah but trestle is gone so hallelujah uh <laughs> you know all fans of michigan state and michigan uh it's looking great um again so everyone still realizes throughout prior and four other students for ohio state will not be playing in the first five games of this upcoming season so for all you michigan state fans out there which i know there are a lot we won't have to play we won't have to deal with these guys when we play them in week five of the season <laughs> Uh, staying on this topic, though, for a moment, um, this is regarding Terrell Pryor. Uh, article broke today, and uh, not too long ago, actually just about an hour ago, talking about how the Columbus Dis- Dispatch is actually reporting that the NCAA and Ohio State are looking into whether star quarterback Terrell Pryor received cars and other extra benefits. So, uh, really what they're uh, citing is unnamed sources who said this could be the most significant inquiry of Terrell Pryor. Uh, The NCAA and Ohio State, they're also probing more than 50 car purchases by Buckeyes players, their families, and friends. So, we'll see how that goes. (laughs) I mean, that just broke. So, I mean, we're talking these guys more uncovered of what they've sold, what they've done. Real fast, James. I mean... What kind of impact can this have on a guy like Terrell Pryor when you're talking about the draft for next season? Humongous. Like, I mean, really. Humongous. I mean, this could this could put him in a situation where he's not even mentioned in the first few rounds. Yep. I mean, this is huge. No, definitely. I mean, I just think, you know, something along these lines, when you're just, you just you've been showed you cheat and you cheat and you lie and you lie. One thing about our country is we'll take a cheater if he'll fess up to it. You know, guys that have done steroids and baseball, whatever. If you just fess up to it, you'll be absolved. We're a very forgiving country, especially of star athletes. We love to have, you know, see that fall and that rise to the top again. But when you continuously lie and lie and lie and just deny it, it just doesn't look good. It does not look good. But, um, yeah, so hopefully uh, we won't have to face real prayer. You will, uh, though, huh? Yeah. Yes, I will. <laughs> yes, you will. All right, but uh, we are actually going to move on right now to the Detroit Tigers. Uh, you know, a team that doesn't cheat. Well, maybe doesn't cheat. Controversial call today that we will get to in a little bit regarding the Tigers game against Minnesota. But the Detroit Tigers right now, we got a team that is sitting at 27 and 26. They are five and a half games back of the Cleveland Indians. The Indians do play later tonight uh, against the Toronto Blue Jays. See if they can, hopefully Toronto can keep it going. Uh, keep messing up these, the Indians mojo here because they still are at a league best 31 and 19. They're doing very well right now. Kansas City sitting behind Detroit at 23 and 29. They are nine games back of Cleveland, so we have a three-and-a-half game lead on Kansas City. Chicago White Sox right there behind KC at 24 and 31. And Minnesota, you know, mopping the floor, 17 and 35. Uh, absolute joke. Uh, we beat them today, so <laughs> keep it going, Twins. Uh, 15 games back. Uh, for the Minnesota Twins, they just can't figure it out. They've lost, what was it? We heard the stat today. They've lost uh, 30 games by two runs or less 
Oh, not that they haven't lost 30, but they're 14-16 and 16 in those 30 games, which, you know, I mean, you need to win close games, especially in baseball. But uh, with the Tigers and how they've really been doing recently uh, since we uh, did this show last week, uh, the Tigers did get two nice wins against Tampa Bay on uh, Monday and Tuesday. Furbush came out there on Monday. Uh, Phil, Cope, uh, Phil Coke twisted his ankle, did something weird to it, and uh, Furbush had to come in for about three and two-thirds inning and did a fantastic job, locked him down, uh, didn't let him get anything else off Furbush, which was nice. Tigers won 6-3. to Tuesday, Tigers won a real close one, 7-6. to Great job. And now we're getting into what I do want to talk about some more regarding the Tigers, these rain delays. Uh, Wednesday, the game against Tampa rained out. Could not play that one. Uh, they, then they did play two games against Boston, losing 14-1 to and 6-3. to Got lit up on Thursday. Uh, Scherzer, you know, just had a really rough outing. And then the bullpen did not make anything any easier when it came there. Uh, tough loss, 6-3 uh, to against Boston on Friday night. And then Saturday, game postponed again. Seems to constantly happen. And uh, Sunday, doubleheader yesterday. Uh, Tigers lost the first one 4-3. to And then they won 3-0 in a great pitching performance by Justin Verlander. Doing what we know he does best. Locking guys down. Just not letting them get anything. And to all of you that were at the beach or doing something else, Tigers won this afternoon. They played at 1 o'clock. Tigers won 6-5. to Real good game. Tigers got up 3-0 in this game. And then Brad Penny got into trouble. They got down 5-3. to And then a beautiful two-run home run by Victor Martinez to knock the game up. And then a call that we will get to. It was a ground rule double ruled on Johnny Peralta, uh, on Alex Avila's uh, hit, and Johnny Peralta scored. Ruled it a two uh, ground, uh, ground double, and uh, Tigers won six to five. Now, real fast, Megan. Uh, you know, you see this team. They've really been back and forth this whole last week. You know, a couple wins, couple losses, playing really five hundred baseball right now. What? What is the biggest problem with this team? Can I just start off with I'm glad that Cleveland is starting to lose? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay. <A> little? <laughs> um, I'm a little happy about that. Every time they lose, I'm like, yes, I do a little happy dance inside. Um, but the biggest thing, I think, with the team would have to be our pitching. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's the one thing I, we've talked about a lot and I haven't seen improvement much in. Um, I mean, Verlander did amazing yesterday. The oh, one fantastic. that still, still gets me is Valverde. Still gets scares me. you, and he did it yesterday. Well, yeah, I mean he, you know, he did. He got the he, he took the loss in the first game of the doubleheader, and then he got the save in right. the second game. So right. he still is twelve for twelve on his saves, which but... is something. That's good. I mean he <laughs> he's still toying with it, and I mean I think <laughs> I think even earlier last week I think it was a Tampa Bay game. He kind I think he was he wasn't looking for a save or anything. I think they're up like six to two or something no that's true and he gave up like two runs and i was like oh gosh the only thing with yesterday um with the double headers was that in the first game we went through four pitchers we went through our new guy um what's his name the new guy who pitched yesterday james uh percy percy Percy. okay we had percy benoit valverde and um oliver Mm -hmm. we had we had four pitchers in the game yesterday i mean was that completely necessary percy Pitched extremely well. Hey, he should have been in there for the long I know. Ball, I felt. Why, yeah, why he was only in out? there for an inning. Yeah. And he struck out two, and I think they got the guy out at first, I think was his third one. And he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, for his first time being on our team, you know, he did an exceptional job. That and was a tremendous trade, by the way. Yeah, that was a great trade. Um, but, yeah, the biggest thing I see with us is our pitching. No reason should we have four pitchers in one game. Absolutely. Not, you, not usually. No I mean, unless you got the setup, you know, just a certain guy to strike out someone. But if you saw you the, bring in the lefty. If you saw the pitching, Oliver did okay for being his first 2011 debut or whatever. He did okay. I didn't expect him to do that great. No, he did okay. I mean, he's young. He, yeah. He'll get there. Um, Percy did amazing. 
he should have been in there longer as a reliever. Um, I think they only, they only kept him in for like the seventh. I think he was only in yeah. for. I mean, he's only pitched two innings here. Isn't you know his entire season right now? So I assume yeah, he's played two games. So yeah, he only pitched right. an inning. And then they brought in Benoit for an inning in the eighth, and then they brought in Valverde for the ninth, and then he blew it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that game I think in general was just a little bit iffy. And then the whole rain delay thing is driving me insane. It's getting bad. It needs to quit raining in Michigan. That's all I'm. It's at. raining everywhere. That's <laughs> it's raining everywhere. Games aren't just getting rained out here. I mean, they've had more rain delays this season. We've talked about this already. They've had more rain delays already this year than last year for the whole season. So I mean, it's really getting nuts. But I do want to add. I don't want to end on a bad note. We did kind of rip on them a few times for their batting. Their offense wasn't awesome. I'm starting to see them improve. They're starting to find the holes in the outfield. Is what I'm starting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Cabrera. I don't remember what game this was yesterday. He had a hard hit down the third baseline went straight through I think he got a double Mm -hmm. and they're just they're they're hitting people in finally they're getting on base that's the biggest thing I think that they had a problem with a few weeks ago is they couldn't get people on base it was solo home run solo home run solo home run or one (laughs) hit and chill there and we strand the batter or they strand the runner and you know I'm starting to see that you know especially like Jackson's starting to pick it up still he's still getting there um I saw Bosch did good uh Peralta's doing good Cabrera as always is doing well um, and then we threw in yeah. Dirks, who is exceptional right now. I don't know if you saw Kelly's catch today. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. We saw that. Now, that's something, actually, we wanted to get to real here, uh, real fast, because what happened was, in uh, I believe it was the eighth inning, he, you know, uh, Leland pinch hit Casper Wells mm-hmm. for Andy Dirks. Bases loaded, one out at this point. <sighs> oh, goodness. And, uh, no, no outs. Excuse me. There were no outs. And, uh why, James? I mean, in your opinion, was this a right call? I mean, Andy Dirks, I think Andy Dirks, he's, like, he's, a, good he's a good hitter. He hits for more power than you think he can hit for. He's fast. He, you know, I mean, we've seen him make some great catches already out there in left oh, field. Yeah. I mean, and Don Kelly, he made a fantastic one today to end the game. Yes. But what do you think the reason is for Leland putting in a guy like Casper Wells, who, you know, at this point, he's batting two twenty six right now in the season. Uh, you know, he's, you know, basically, you know, he's only at four RBIs. When you got a guy like Andy Dirks, who is, you know, he's guys only played in 11 games. He already has two homers and four RBIs, you know, batting much better. The guy's batting mm-hmm. 280 at this point, uh, you know, 281. Why do it? I, I do don't agree see with why Leland? you would do yeah, it, no. I think that it was just another stretch call of his that he's just so classic for. You know, just known to go out there and make a bizarre call. Sometimes it pans out with Rayburn. Sometimes it doesn't. I, this time it didn't. I think in that situation, Dirks has all the confidence in the world. Yeah. He's going to step up in there and at least give you a good bat. You know, he may, he may be out, but he's not going to strike out. Mm-mm. Most most likely he won't. No. In that situation, you bring in somebody who, is, who hasn't even played recently. Yeah, you know, yeah. a little bit here and there. I mean, you, how could you bring in somebody that's cold like that and you've got somebody that played all game, he's heating right. up. I mean, that's just a bad decision. I don't know what's going through Leland's head lately. He's just, I'm, they've even talked about it, I don't remember. He's just so to the book. He's so exactly. old school. Exactly. He's so, like we talked about when, was it poor? Who was it? Yeah, the Porcello. Porcello. He, had eight, he only had 84 pitches thrown. Right. That was the other thing, but because it's the closer, and they want to give some room for the closer, let's put in the closer. Like, that kind of but thing. But Porcello should have finished that right. game, could have finished exactly. that game. Exactly. And yeah. it's, it's the thing. is He's got to try some things out, and I think he's just afraid to, that he's going to blow a game. We've blown enough games, though, that I think it's time to try some things out. Uh-huh. And that's just how I feel. And... <clears throat> like people are saying, fire Leland. I, I don't completely agree with that. Not yet. Not like, yet. You wait to no. see what happens this season. Right. Exactly. I don't. I don't completely agree with that. I think there's some things that I disagree that with what he's what he's done, and I think there's some things he needs to fix, and some players need to go up to him and be like, "What? What are you doing? Like, what is going on with you? Like, 
pitch him the whole game. Yeah. Throw keep Dirks in there. He can hit. Like he's young. He can. He's like I don't. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I mean, Dirk only had, I mean, Dirk's, Dirk, I mean, Dirk. we'll get to basketball in a little bit, <laughs> but, um, like, you brought up the point, like, the guy's not going to strike out, you know, he only has three strikeouts in 32 at-bats, you know, the guy, that's, I mean, that's a great stat there, I mean, the guy's not striking out, so he'll get contact, and maybe it squeaks through, I mean, all you need, base is loaded, I mean, really, anything hits to the opposite side, you may be able to, you know, get the guy in from third. Could be like a Bosch pop-up right at you home. Know, yeah, or a bloop, whatever, yeah. you know, just, just all, you know, these little bloop There's shots. nothing on paper states that Casper Wells should be in that situation. Not at all. I don't see anything Nothing. There's not one stat looking here at just everything, nothing. There's nothing here saying Casper Wells, out of all guys, should be up there. Mm. Okay, we might as well put Santos in. Okay, like, Brandon yeah, yeah. Let, let's get the engine to get you know get it done when it's pinch hit time. No, okay, not there. You would never. No, he would never. And you know that's just again, I agree. It's stretch call. It's just you know Leland is making more and more of those. I've noticed even going to last season. It, it, this hasn't just started this year, and that's the point. Is that he's been with us for a while. He did do a, a great thing in getting us to the World Series in 2006. But there has to be a point if the Tigers don't get it done this year, then you're going to have to question whether we keep him. It's been five years since. Since we made it to that World Series, it's you know this is a business again. Okay, it's not mm-hmm. just yeah. Leland's a nice guy, he's storied you know history and what he's done with the Pirates and the Reds and us. But you know what? Sometimes it's time to go. Uh, but yeah, talking about guys like Miguel, Miguel always getting it done. Ten home runs, thirty-seven RBIs. Guy right now has fifty-eight hits. He's batting three fourteen. Uh, what can you say? It's Miguel Cabrera. He almost has a thousand OPS. His OPS is at nine eighty-nine. Uh, great job by Miguel. Johnny Peralta. It's always the same guys. So look at this batting yes. stats. It's the same guys. Avila. Avila Peralta batting over three hundred right now. Mm-hmm. Eight homers, twenty RBIs. Victor Martinez, another that two-run shot today. Guy's got five home runs, twenty-seven RBIs, almost batting three. At 298. Dirk's getting it done in his short amount of time. Avila's still keeping it hot. Yep. Like and I said, I think our bats are starting to pick up. And the, that's what we needed to see. The only thing is, uh, I'm a little worried. I mean, Inge hasn't been playing much lately. We haven't been. I mean, Kelly was in for him yesterday. He's had, he's had a few days off. Yeah, and. Uh, he needs to pick it up. That's one thing I need to see. Other than that, I mean, we have Martinez in there who's been doing it. Uh, oh, yeah. Cabrera, like you said, Avila, Peralta, Bosch. Um, yeah, Bosch doing Dirks. well. I mean, Jackson's starting to pick it up. He's finally over 200, which yep. is what we needed from him. He's 223. So, I mean, he's been hover- He's been basically at 223 for the last, like, two weeks That's now. That's what he needs, like. though. He needs to. He can't go up and then go down and go up. At least he's being constant. Slowly sure. go up. I mean, he's eventually. But, yeah, maintaining. But Brandon the one, Edge. Oh, my God. The one thing I wanted to say, though, is they were talking about even yesterday, Verlander. He wasn't throwing. Like, he, was, he wasn't striking many people out. It was a lot of He only of had three strikeouts. No, yeah. he had one strikeout. No, he had, he had at least two. Okay, he he had, he had like two. two or I think he had three on the game. Three. That's yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. So and three on the game. Yeah. He was just so much contact. A lot of ground balls. Yeah. I mean, that's like Penny's job. Penny's always the ground ball I machine. Mean, that's fine because they did work. They ended up winning three zero. But um, that was just interesting because usually, especially with his no hitters, you used to Verlander just striking people out left and right. No, definitely. And again, the brain and age. I'm sorry, inch. 206, not cutting it. Okay, you can't bet 206. I'm, I'm sorry, he needs to get it done. Mm-hmm. His OPS is only at 557. Again, for all of our listeners, OPS is slugging percentage and on base percentage combined. You know, they were talking about Bosch and how his, uh, we don't have very much power right now. Uh-huh. And especially with him, he's a little concerned about um, the team's power hitting right now. Yeah, I mean, it's true because, I mean, this team is, you know, as a team, you know, at, on an average, let's see, I mean, they're slugging right now, they're slugging 391. And their opponents are slugging 392, so they're right there with their opponents and yeah. how you know how you know their slugging percentage should be. So that's not too bad. Maybe um, he was talking about him. 
Because yeah. last year he was home run, like home run king, and all of a sudden he's like. Well, that's true. I mean, this year he's more of yeah, he's more of an RBI. He's got four homers right now, twenty three RBIs. Um, you know, he's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he does need to keep his strikeouts down. He's not as bad as Avila. Avila struck out the most on this team. <laughs> uh, Avila struck out forty three times. Hey, but he's um, still doing he's, work. He's got more than Jackson. No, wait a second. No, uh, Rayburn. Rayburn. <laughs> no. Jackson's number one. Jackson's on the team. Jackson's got He's 63. number five in the nation. I didn't scroll down. Jackson's yeah. got 63. Good oh, call, goodness. James. Yeah. 63 for Austin Jackson. Rayburn second at 57. Oh, gosh. Rayburn blew it yesterday. I'm sorry. Rayburn's batting 196. <laughs> and it was the, the fate of the first game of the doubleheader was up to Rayburn. And I'm sitting there looking at my dad going, really? Like, who are we putting in here oh, right God. now? Oh, God. That's awful. Oh, gosh. That's all right. I mean, we don't count on him for a ton, but he, no. he, he does need to pick it up. Yes. Uh, real fast, looking ahead for the Tigers. Uh, the Tigers have two more games here at home against Minnesota. Then, uh, So tomorrow it's going to be Scherzer versus Dunstein on the mound. Uh, that game should kick off around 7 o'clock. Uh, it'll be on FSN if you want to check that out. On uh, the next three days, the Tigers will be playing the Chicago White Sox at Chi-Town. So uh, that will be an interesting series. Chicago was picking it up for a little while, but th- again, now they've kind of got back to their struggles. Uh, they're 24-31 and 31 again. Uh, we have a four-game lead on the Chicago White Sox, so that's, that should be a good series there. Uh, the Tigers will get Thursday off. It's their off day. Um, I know we do have a lot of rainouts to make up, but they have really put all those days. You know, in June 8th, uh, one of them they're going to make up. They're going to make up another one September 1st. So the team needs a little rest. Uh, they did just play that doubleheader, so I'll give them a break there. Uh, they do get Thursday off, and that's really that rounds out the you know most of the week uh, you know here with uh, the Detroit Tigers. So uh, we will be taking a short break right now. When we do get back, we're going to get to the NBA playoffs. Dallas, Miami, who you got and why. After that, we're going to be going to the NHL, Bruins, and Canucks. Two big finals matchups starting off this week. And then we're going to get to some IndyCar. So for all you racing fans out there, get listening. Get calling if you want. Don't forget the phone number is 517-432-3893. You are listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Impact Exposure. General, we've just received word of an invasion. Speak quickly, maggot. Is it those Canadians again? I don't know, sir. We just heard that Monday at 8 p.m. the impact will be invaded. You stupid ninny. That's the Asian invasion. It's the poppiest, catchiest, and all-around toe-tapping his music out of the Korea, Japan, and China. But, sir, I'm no good with Asian dialects. Shut up and listen to the music, private. That catchy beat knows no language barrier. Now move out, everyone. Sir, yes, sir. The Asian invasion. Monday nights from 8 till 10 on The Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Time, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Thursday nights from 10 until 2 a.m. Listen to the Hours of Power, the scariest and only metal show in the mid-Michigan area. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Working on Memorial Day. Dave, Megan, James here with you. Kicking it off. A lot of sports. We're halfway through our show. So if you haven't tuned in, we were talking about the Tigers earlier and just how they've been playing the last week. And also we're discussing Jim Trestle and him resigning from Ohio State. Uh, you guys can call an all-show about whatever you want, okay? Not the weather, not politics, but anything sports-related. Call in. Phone number is 517-432-3893. And uh, we are going to get to the NBA playoffs. And a question I do want to pose to our listeners 
out there is who you got and why. Dallas, Miami. We're going to be kicking that series off here Tuesday evening, 9 o'clock start time. It's going to be in Miami um, is the 2-3-2 setup uh, for the finals. So there will be two games at Miami, three games at Dallas, and then two more at Miami. So this uh, should be a very, very interesting, uh, interesting series. And uh, real fast before we actually get to the series, let's discuss how these teams closed out to get there. Uh, Thursday night, Miami was playing the Chicago Bulls. And uh, it was a Game 5 in Chicago, and a game that Chicago should have won, needed to win. Obviously, they're down 3-1 in the series. The team... Choked it away, completely choked it away. They had a 10-point lead, two and a half minutes left. Could not get anything to fall. LeBron James had his way yet again with them in the final two and a half minutes of this game. Dwayne Wade knocking three-pointers down. Wade hits a three with the foul. Uh, just a lot of rookie mistakes. Young te- A younger team with a lot of these guys. Guys that just haven't been there yet. Uh, Miami ends up winning that game. 83-80 to 80 is your final score. Uh, LeBron James, 28 points. 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, Derrick Rose did have 25 points, uh, just not enough. Uh, Miami ended this game on an 18-3 run, uh, just really took it away. I thought Chicago was going to win this game, and I was completely wrong uh, in every way. And with two and a half minutes left and a 10-point lead, you really think they have it locked in, but no, they don't. Miami Heat moving on in five games. Uh, Wednesday, a day before that, Dallas took on Oklahoma City, also in a Game game 5 matchup. Um, Was a really good game. It really had the same script that the Miami game had. OKC up again, 10 points, two and a half minutes. Younger team can't hold on to it. They lose 100-96. Dirk, yet again, does what he does best. Crazy shots. Just hitting them when they count, doing a good job. J.J. Barea also getting it done, 14 points. Jason Terry had 12, 26 for Marion, 26 for Dirk, all around. Every guy getting it done out there for Dallas, and that's why they're moving on. Dallas looks like the most prime team to win this championship right now. They look like they want it. They're hungry for it. Uh, real fast with OKC, Westbrook, I think, played a fantastic game. 31 points for uh, Westbrook there, just not enough. And uh, real fast, James, I mean, looking at how the, both of those series ended, is it a surprise at all that these teams lose 10? Both of them lost a 10-point lead with two and a half minutes left. Uh, I mean, I tell me, I mean, why? Like, I don't think that's a, a big surprise on the, on the part of um, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Um, I felt like... They were they were using too much guard play toward the end of the game. You weren't you weren't moving the ball around the way they should have been. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in Kevin Durant's hands enough. Um, the the young guards just felt like they could take over, and in the end, uh, they really couldn't. And with the Chicago game, I mean, we've seen it before. LeBron James comes in and just shuts things down in the last two three minutes. I mean, he did it against the Pistons. Oh God! A few years back, that was a I mean, break. he does it against everybody he plays. Uh, he may not show up much throughout the game, but he will be there in the end. He's a great closer. So no, I was not very surprised at all. Uh huh. I mean, yeah, I, I think I agree more with you that you can see OKC, uh, OKC, excuse me, letting that lead get away. I thought Chicago had it. I really thought they did. Excuse me, I know Derrick Rose is very young, but at the same time, I just, I thought they had it. I can't even explain it. They just, you know, they do have, you know, some more, you know, seasoned guys on that team like Carlos Boozer, even Luol Deng, guys that have just been in the league a little bit longer, and they just couldn't hold on. Uh, congrats to Miami and Dallas. Uh, again, they're going to be playing Tuesday night here at 9 o'clock, starting in Miami. Should be a great series. Let's get to the series. You ready, Megan? Yep. Dallas, Miami? <sighs> okay. Well, with Dallas and Miami, who do you got? How many games? Why? 
I've, you know I don't like the NBA. I know you don't. That's why I'm asking you first. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I don't like the heat either. Yep. So? <laughs> so, I think we know <laughs> who I would pick just because I'm doing this totally out of a whim because I don't like the NBA. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I would have to pick Dallas just because I want them to, and I'm not jumping on the band. Well, I kind of am jumping on the bandwagon because I just don't <laughs> like them. Um, that's what everyone was getting all mad about. They're like, oh, no one likes LeBron James. So you guys are jumping on the bandwagon for Dallas. And I'm like, eh, well, it happens. And not just that. I mean, if you think Dallas is going to win as well, like, it's not... I mean, I think Dallas is the better team. They're obviously both good teams to make it this far. Yeah. And like I've said before, no no disrespect to the Heat, obviously, but like Dwayne Wade and LeBron James are a ridiculous combination putting the game together. And, you know, like Wade with all of his three point shots, LeBron gets his breakaways, dunks on everyone because he can. He's a scorer. They both are. They're they're good, and I I don't know how many games. I mean, I think it's going to be tight. If they're obviously in the championship, I hope it's tight. So, yeah, maybe like six, seven, Yeah, something like, something like that. You know, somewhere between five and seven would be my <laughs> guess. So not a sweep then. <laughs> Some kind of between, I don't know. You know, obviously I don't pay attention to this kind of stuff just how I'm talking right now. But <laughs> just move on. Okay, no, we got Dallas in six here for Megan. Yeah. Okay, no, but yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that I think Dallas is a better team. I mean, Le- LeBron, Wade, Bosh, a lot of good players there. I mean, Haslam, when he's healthy, um, definitely a big X factor when it comes to Miami. But, James, uh, I want to get your take just in general on the series. Uh, you know, I'm really excited for this series. I don't like either team really at all, but I'm excited for the series. I think it's a great matchup. First of all, I'm disappointed in hearing you say that. I, I mean, really don't like either I'm team. I'm a big fan of the Mavs. I know. I, I don't know them. why you like the Mavs. Uh, well, Dirk, I, I mean, how can you not like Dirk? I like Dirk. That doesn't mean you like the Dallas Mavericks. Well, I've, liked, I've always liked the Mavericks, <laughs> and Dirk just makes me like them that much more. I'm going to take uh, Dallas in five. I think that they'll... Uh, Good chance they'll lose the first game against Miami, and from there I could see them uh, winning four straight. Okay, they have to win one game in Miami, go back to Dallas, and win three. So I see them celebrating in Dallas, Game Five. Um, I feel like the main reason is Dirk. I mean, Dirk's who can you put on Dirk? No so. one can guard him. I mean, there are some situations the same for Miami where uh, nobody can really guard LeBron James. But exactly. With Dirk's height, just his his reach, his his uh, love for winning that championship this year. I mean, he he wants it so bad. Mm-hmm. He uh, and the fact that he's been beat by the Heat before. I just really see them coming out. And we saw a team in them throughout all of the playoffs where they just have wanted it so bad and have played so hard. And just, I think they're just going to come out playing harder and wanting it more. Uh huh. So yeah, you got him in five. Yes. All right. Well, um, I'm going to have to say I'm going to take Dallas in seven. Um, I think it's going to be a long series. I think it's going to be a real physical series. Um, I think you're going to see a, a really lower-scoring game. I mean, that's how Miami has to get it done. They need to really stop Dallas from scoring in the 105s, 110s. They're not going to win many games. Like, they probably won't win any games like that. If they let Dallas score that many points, I'd have a hard time seeing Miami step up and do that. Miami doesn't have a ton of scores. I mean, you do have LeBron James, Bosh, and Wade. You look past that. Bibby doesn't do a lot for you. He does stretch the floor a little bit, get you some of those three-point shots. Um, obviously, Anthony out there, Miami's not doing anything like that for you. But I do think it's going to be a really closely contested series. And I, you know, I haven't been giving Dirk enough credit throughout the playoffs. Um, I think Dirk, he, I think he's always been a great player, but he's consistently done it uh, this entire run here in the playoffs. And it's just, it's really been amazing to watch. I have always liked him and Jason Kidd, so that I don't hate Dallas. I just don't like I don't like Mark Cuban. Don't like Cuban. Loudmouth. 
I think you said that last week, too. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't think I I've don't ever like seen him. him on the basketball court, though, playing the game. So that's what it comes down to. You cannot like Mark Cuban, but these are the Mavs we're talking about here. <laughs> That's true, but I just, growing up, I mean, I just, something, whether it's, I don't like, all right, I, I just don't like a lot of teams out of Texas. All right. There it is. There it is. I don't mind trying to offend anyone from Texas. I love Texas. Just sports teams, I don't find a lot of them. I don't like a lot of them. Texas Rangers, you can go on and on. Uh, Dallas Stars for hockey, eh, not that good. How about them Cowboys? Oh, my gosh. Cowboys? Nah, Jerry Jones. He got a bunch of crazies out there in Texas. I'm sorry. These owners. Uh, the Lone Star State. These owners. Jerry Jones, Mark Cuban. Bunch you of can't prima deny, donna owners. You oh cannot deny that Dirk has been the hottest like, player in all of the playoffs. He has been. He, he just keeps proving it. People keep doubting him. He keeps proving it. I mean, the guy works out so hard and prepares so hard for these games and then just conquers. No, he's been doing a fantastic job. I mean, looking at the matchups right here, uh, you know, if LeBron James does play the three and the small forward, they have Sean Marion on him. And how do you think? I mean, you think Marion can contain LeBron? If anybody on that team can. Because, I mean, who Marion. else are you going to put on him? I mean, yeah. you could put Tyson Chandler on him and switch Marion no, to Anthony. You have but to then Anthony's Marion. got, you know, rebound advantage on him. Yeah, you've got so, to put Marion. I mean, he's long. He can, yeah. uh, I mean, he caused a lot of problems for Kevin Durant. He did. He really did. I put Marion on him for sure. Yeah, you put Marion on LeBron. Uh, Again, you know, back to what your point was, like, you know, this whole bandwagon, everyone, you know, screw Miami. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm we, with them. You know, I mean, I just, my thing is, is I, I do think, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Miami wins this in six or seven as well. I do think Dallas, though, has been yearning for this after losing in 2006. They'd won the first two games against Miami, then got swept in a straight four. So, they, you know, they're feeling that sting still from five years ago. I really think that's going to be motivation enough. And not just that, they look great out there. You already mentioned it, James. Dirk Nowitzki looks amazing out there. And they're just getting it done from everyone, whether it's stuff from Kidd from time to time. Again, Berea, Terry, Chandler doing the things that aren't showing up on the box score necessarily. But they look prime for it. I think Miami still is going to need to... They, they're going to have to wait a year. A shout-out to Jason Kidd, too, who will be the oldest starting point guard in the history of an NBA final. Definitely. Nice. Very yeah, Big congratulations to Jason Kidd. I've always liked Jason Kidd. Oh, one of the best point, guard, point guards to play the game, hands down. I have to ask you two something. Yes. Um, with this whole thing, one thing I really noticed is they are starting to say that LeBron James is the next Michael Jordan. And how do you guys feel about that? Because he hasn't won a championship. Yeah, win a ring first. That's... Yeah, doesn't, he hasn't won one yet. But, I mean, that's the big speculation, though, right now. I know they're talking about it all over ESPN, all over CNN. I was watching CNN, and they were talking about it on, like, that and stuff. Like, In I, that I, area, I don't even think you can compare him to yeah. Scottie Pippen. I mean, <laughs> who, who I has more rings? I mean, that's what it really comes down and to. And it's not even just that. I think that if LeBron, even if Kobe wins another ring, if Kobe wins one more champion, I still he's not better than Jordan, and yeah. that'll give six rings for Kobe. Yep. I, I just I don't think there hasn't even Kobe still has more years ahead of him. I like to always leave that door open until these guys retire. Yeah, but at the same time, that's just crazy talk. And at think, this point in time, I think Kobe's closer to Jordan than than LeBron. Exactly, and Kobe's and that should be the, that should be the story right. on CNN is Kobe, even though yeah he's not in the finals obviously. Yeah. I think that's so, what they're looking at yeah. is the finals because you know he comes from Cleveland and then the Heat and now the Heat are all the way in the finals. And they're like oh my gosh, you know. But the one thing I think I looked at the most is if you look at Michael Jordan, he was spectacular. I I almost 
I, I, this sounds stupid, but in high school I had to do the greatest athlete, I think, of all time, and uh-huh. I thought it was Michael Jordan. That's I still not believe, stupid at all. I still believe that. <laughs> I just meant I did a speech on it. I thought that oh. was kind of dumb. But anyway, <laughs> I, I believe he is one of the great, greatest athletes to happen to sports is Michael Jordan. Um, the one thing I looked at, though, is with Michael Jordan, when he was in high school, he didn't make his varsity team or mm-hmm. any team at all for like the first two years he was in school. That's true. And he was too small. He wasn't tall enough. You know, he wasn't good enough. He didn't have enough muscle on yeah, him. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't big enough. And then... All of a sudden, he's a senior in high school, and they're like, oh, my gosh, who is this guy? Where did he come from? You know, And you look at LeBron James. He's been good for as long as Everyone knew he was ready remember. to go into the NBA when he was 15, Right, 16. exactly. And that's I think that's the biggest thing that I, I look at because it was a guy who was nothing to a guy who was something. LeBron has been in the spotlight his whole entire life. He has been. And to James's point, he hasn't earned anything. Okay, mm-hmm. You can have your season MVPs. You can have your scoring titles. You can have all that crap. But unless you have the hardware... Like you mentioned, James, it, it's all for not to me. Yeah, I mean, can you even bring up Dirk with uh, with Bird? No, I mean, of course you can't. I, you I can't. could argue he's a better a better shooter, maybe a better basketball player in the but end. He's but he's an right overall now, better player, right? No. But right now, no, you can't. Bird has rings; he doesn't. Yeah, and I mean, again, it's not just rings. You have to still look at a body of work. There's guys. Right. I mean, you look guys like John Stockton doesn't have a ring, but John Stockton's probably the best point guard maybe to ever play the game. Right. You know, hands down. But he has numbers to prove that. But he has numbers LeBron to prove that. Not. LeBron, we're in, you know, what is this, year seven of LeBron, the LeBron saga, okay? There'll be another at least. Isn't even it, in the top 50 all-time scoring, is he? No, not at all. I don't think not so. yet. So, I mean, he's, he's still got a long way to go. Um, and it's, I always get tired of these early comparisons. Like, we're going to have to wait another eight years until we really, you know, seven years if we really know if LeBron James in any way could be better than Jordan. Think about him is he's so dramatic, too. LeBron, with that whole thing last summer, it's still, I don't oh, think that's going to leave anyone's mind, is his little, I'm going to take my talent to I've, Miami. <laughs> oh, really, got, LeBron? Okay. <laughs> I've gotten over it more and more as the season's gone on, because I, I think he's done a good job with comments he's made and how he's handled himself a lot of the times. But even still, I mean, I think the guy's an incredible player. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I root against them just going to Miami, because it'll prove it works. And it just worked then. These guys go to Miami and they get a ring like that. Then, then I just this is the reason that we've even talked, James. And I've talked with other people that I'm disliking the NBA more and more. It's right. just the the soap opera of the league, and that's getting annoyed to me. You're taking away the, from the purity of just the game and just playing it, okay? Instead of mm-hmm. all the drama that always is surrounding it. And in this 24 hour media age, obviously that is going to be the, with Twitter and everything, and athletes posting things these days, and you know stupid videos on YouTube. You know my comment uh, on that situation and why I think that this whole LeBron Dwayne Wade thing started. I mean, if you look at it, when Carl Malone really wanted a ring, where did he go? He went to L.A., and then it was just too late. And I really felt like after that point, my appreciation for the NBA has just diminished year yeah, by when year they by had year. Peyton and Malone. Yeah, everybody and, just yeah. wants to go to a team that wins. Right. That's exactly what it is. Is It's not for the game anymore. I feel like once you get in the NBA, it's not for the game. It's for the fame. That's how I feel about it. It's for the money. It's to win. It's not to do what you want to do. And that's the reason why I think I enjoy college sports more than I enjoy professional. Mm-hmm. It's because they're playing for the game. They're playing to get into the big leagues. They're playing because they love it. They're playing, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sometimes, you know, things are involved. You want to go into the professional kind of stuff. Of course. You're going to do that kind of stuff. But, you know, a lot of the times, especially if you want to go even younger, go to high school. They want a place so they can get scholarships and go to school and play and then eventually make it there. They're playing for the love of it, I feel like. You know, and that's when you get into the professionals, they're playing for the money. They're playing for the fame. They're playing to get that ring, to get that championship, to make it there, to be on the good team. Obviously, you want to be on the good team, but you also want to play because you like to, not because it's a job and you feel like you have to go every day. Well, I mean, I think it's a bit of both. I think you mm-hmm. have a lot of guys, obviously, they just they love the game. They 
It's what they've been doing their whole lives. But guess what? They're making a nice salary mm-hmm. uh, doing it. But I do agree. Uh, you know, Charles Barkley was talking inside the NBA just about you know respect amongst players in general these days with the younger generation of te- you know of kids in the NBA and even in hockey. If you want to look at you know other sports, in, especially in football. Just and let me, James, do you believe what Barkley was saying is that there's just less respect amongst players? In you know in the NFL in the NBA more so in those two leagues most definitely and you can see it with rookies uh, the rookie hazing that used to that's always been a part of the game and people have always although you may be doing things you don't want to do you accept it I mean look at Tim Tebow he shaved his head uh, like a retired you know yeah. and, and and just appreciated it for what it was but then you got people on the other hand like Des Bryant who won't carry the bags or the shoulder pads to uh, yep to the um, to John Kitna to the locker room you yeah, know the locker room, yeah. so I, yeah I feel like that's that's a good example for it I don't feel like that the respect is there for the elders that are in the game that have played it and loved it for so long and like she said also that they just want the money i mean and i feel like i think they they want the money but i think they let they want the fame more i agree Mm -hmm. obviously they want the money but again in today's day and age where you post videos online in a second and just anything you say on twitter your your word is gold it's like a half god some of these guys (laughs) that had these twitter accounts that's what they think seriously that's what these guys think and they post such stupid stuff and, you know, just dumb comments, and it's just this na- naivety to it. It's just, I don't like it. I agree. And it's it, it gets annoying. It's but um, The age of technology. It really That's is. That's what it is. It's and taken it, over our And lives. I think it, it's really, I think it's had a negative impact on sports. I agree. I think it's had a negative impact in sports. Um, yes, it is great to get those, you know, updates when, you know, someone's been hired or fired or whatever it might be. You know, you can check, oh, two in the morning, oh, something's broke. But at the same time, I don't know. Do you know, um, I don't know if you knew this, but Tom Izzo is actually a big believer. He tries to keep all of his, he, he doesn't force them, but he, he tries, he tries to keep all of his basketball players off Twitter because they're all big Twitter, like yeah. Twitter yeah, people. Yeah, I follow a few of them. Oh uh, yeah, I, exactly. So do <laughs> I. I mean, I have a Twitter too, but um, he, he encourages it because he's afraid something they say could get the team into trouble. Exactly. He doesn't he doesn't force it. I mean, obviously you can't as a coach be like you have to stay off the computer and change all your passwords and I'm going to know them all and then you can go on after the season. Like he's <laughs> not like that. That's not I don't think that's Tom Izzo. He just he encourages it because he's afraid that they'll say something that doesn't that they don't think of cuz obviously people say things they don't think of as bad, but other people might think of it as bad. Exactly. And you know, good for him for that kind of thing. But yeah, that's kind of an interesting interesting thing is that Tom Izzo kind of is like, "Oh, that's stay good. on Twitter." And that's you know, good. That I mean, that, that's kind of, you know, uh, you know, leadership you need from a coach with young minds to get back to Trestle. That's good. You're not forcing one. It's not a mandated rule. Mm-hmm. But you're just educating them on the the risks of it. Just like, you know, even with my little brother being on Facebook at the age of like 14, 15. It's like, mm-hmm. listen, don't do these things because you don't know what it's going to do to you later in life. Everything you're posting on there, it's backlog. It doesn't go away. No. People can, employers, people can see that. And, you right. know, that you need that level of, you know, communication and education, you know, with people that just... You know, we were we were around all you know before all this stuff really came out. I was you know I was older. You know, Facebook came out when I was eighteen. I didn't have Facebook when I was growing up. We didn't have these types of things, and it's just it's it's transformed so fast in just a matter of six seven years. Do you know the man of the year in Time Magazine is actually Mark Zuckerberg? Oh, this guy, the creator He's of everywhere. Facebook. Yeah, like. I get it. He did a cool thing. All right, I I thought that was he's kinda... worth a lot of money now. He... <laughs> a lot, a lot of money. Like... I know he's lots. <laughs> yes, a lot. Uh, but we are going to move on real fast uh, to the uh, NHL and do that just for a brief moment. 
Um, the NHL Finals wrapped themselves up. Not the NHL Finals, excuse me. The Eastern Conference Finals wrapped themselves up on Friday night. Uh, game 7 between Boston Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Bruins edged out the Lightning one to nothing in a really good game. Goalie battle between Rollison and Tim Thomas. Um, it was a really good game back and forth. Bruins, though, got it done, scored a goal there with about maybe seven, eight minutes left in the third period. Clinched the win. They're going to play the Vancouver Canucks. That game is going to, that series will start on Wednesday at 8 p.m. That's going to be the Bruins and Canucks. Canucks have the home ice because uh, they were the President's Cup winners this year. Best record in the league. Now, James, uh, you know, this is going to be a really good series. Uh, Vancouver, Luongo, a fantastic goalie. The Sedin brothers are getting it going at this time. Uh, the Bruins with Tim Thomas, who in most games has been standing on his head here. You know, Chara, great defenseman. What do you see coming out of this series here? What do you got? Why? Uh, well, I'm going to have to take um, Boston. I'm going to say in six games. Um, I do agree with you that this is a great matchup. I mean, uh, a way better matchup than if we were to see, uh, say, a Sharks Lightning maybe. Oh, that would put um, me to sleep. Yeah, I don't think that I'd even watch it. It's nice to I see wouldn't. an original six team back into the championship. That is very nice. Um, I, that's another reason why I am going for them. Um, but I'll tell you what, Vancouver is going to put up a very, very good fight. I mean, they have arguably the best goaltender in the game right now. They do. And Tim Thomas could be a very close second, but uh, he's arguably the best. Um, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of grit, a lot of grind, and uh, there may there may even be seven games. This might go down to the seven-game wire. So who do you got? I'm definitely taking Boston. Boston and how many? Six games. Six games. All right. Megan? Don't even ask me. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> well, what about your opinion? Um, I think that the Canucks win it. Uh, I think the Canucks are the best team uh, right now left in the playoffs. I know there's only two left, but uh, I picked Vancouver from the start. Uh, I didn't want to. I, I thought the Wings had a decent shot at making a run this year. But Vancouver, you said it yourself, Luongo, probably the best goalie uh, most of the playoffs. I do think Tim Thomas, Tim Thomas was number two. That's why I think this series is going to be so good because mm-hmm. you have two great goaltenders facing off with really, you know, Boston a more aggressive, you know, good defensive team at times. And, I mean, you know, with Seguin out there in Boston, he really, that young kid, when they put him in there the last few games, he's been solid. And he, what more can you say about the Sedin brothers? These guys are awesome. And, you know, when Kessler and these guys are all getting it going – it's it's out of this world. Uh, the Vancouver they haven't they haven't been there since '94. Um, you know Boston hasn't been there since 1990. Both of these teams have been out of the Stanley Cup Finals for a long time. Um, it should be a good team. I love you know I want the Bruins to win as well. I really do. I always root original six, and I'd rather root for an American team than a Canadian team. But I do think the Canucks will win this series. I'm rooting for the Bruins, but I think the Canucks have it in six. I think yeah the Canucks take it in six, and, and again it could go seven. It could easily, like you said. I would not be shocked in the least. Uh, real fast, about that Game 7 between the Bruins and the Lightning. It drew the most viewers for a conference finals game on cable since 2002. Um, on Friday night with the Boston-Tampa game, they averaged 2.55 million viewers. It's the most since Detroit played Colorado in the Western Conference Finals Game 7 nine years ago. So uh, people really seem to like it. Oh, yeah. You know, this goalie matchup that we're going to see with Vancouver and Boston really reminds me a lot of the Vernon Wah matchup. Uh-huh. Just two very, very well, you know, it, well, Wah wasn't very well traveled. He only played for uh, the Canadian, the, the Nordines, was it? The, the Nordiques. Nordiques. Yes, and the, Nordiques. Uh, the Avalanche. But, I mean, Vernon, he, he was well traveled, but he had been around for a while. And the two just, they played great hockey. And I really think we're going to see the same out of these two. And that's why I say. I see it in six, but I would not be surprised to see seven. Gotcha. 
And Megan, we'll get back to you next week. Okay. No, no. <laughs> I will do some research. No, no, definitely. But um, you want to do your NASCAR? I do. Go. I do, do I up. do. Um, I actually did not watch these yesterday, um, but I did see highlights on SportsCenter. Both the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte for NASCAR were in- interesting. Yeah, I did not catch the, the NASCAR race, but I did watch the whole Indy race. Yeah, I mean, you probably... I'll, I'll do NASCAR and you can yeah, do the definitely. Indy. How's that? Okay. Um, I mean, with NASCAR, I actually just heard about this. My friend told me about it. And, um, you know, Dale... I'm a big Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan. Mm-hmm. I really like Dale uh, Jr. And, you know, it's about time he wins a race. Holy crap. This whole entire year, he's been so close. Like, slowly getting there, getting there, getting there. Whole entire time, first, no no contest, nothing like that. Last lap, he runs out of gas. Oh, jeez. Comes in seventh. Oh, that's Just brutal. for everyone out there. Um, gas strategy did not work. Yeah, and Kevin Harvick was actually the winner. Um, you know, actually, it's interesting because he doesn't like racing at Charlotte. Uh-huh. That's the thing. I'm looking at this, and it's like, despite the victory, Harvick still can't stand racing at Charlotte. He said, even though we won, I'm still miserable. In about 30 minutes, I'll be happy when we drive out of that tunnel and leave the month of May behind. Like, I guess he just doesn't, he doesn't like driving at Charlotte, which, you know, he just, and another one, he says, quote, Sunday, we were lucky. Uh-huh. Um, I told him at the beginning of this thing that we haven't fixed this thing in two weeks. There's no way we're going to fix it Sunday. Nothing against the racetrack. I just don't like racing here. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I guess they're saying the whole entire time he wasn't even close uh-huh. to beating Junior, and he did. And, you know... Better luck next time. Yeah, junior. I guess so. I mean, I mean you got to, yeah, the strategist <laughs> needs to work out the fuel mileage better. I guess. I mean, I would have been great if you would have won. I would have been pretty, pretty excited, but you want to talk Indy? Yes, I do want to talk some Indy. Uh, like I've said before, I'm not the biggest racing fan when it comes to IndyCar, NASCAR, F1, motorcycle racing, you know, wagon racing, whatever kind of racing. Horse racing. Horse racing, really. Like, I watched that two minute race, so that's about it. Um, but looking at the Indy 500 yesterday, I've only watched like two other Indy 500s ever. Um, it was a fantastic race. Uh, the whole race had a good uh, speed to it. There were only like four cautions, really five cautions at most. But you know that those cautions really make things interesting because mm-hmm. this is actually the first year they've ever done double file restart, which means instead of these cars starting off in a, just one line when they restart, they're in you know two rows, so you have a lot of moving around, guys trying to right. you know take position, you know, and accidents, especially when you start getting further into the race, guys are really trying to make up you know positions and you mm-hmm. know. Really putting a lot out there Mm -hmm. but with what happened at the race here um jr hildenbrand he's only a 23 year old rookie uh real young kid uh and you know after bertrand baguette who uh, was leading it with about four three laps left he had to pit but bertrand baguette i know it's a great name that's awesome um but uh you know baguette uh had to he had same problem as earnhardt he had to get gas he didn't run out but he had to get gas so we had to pit hildenbrand took the lead okay has the lead about a three second lead lap to go Final turn, turn four, the final turn right before the finish line, crashes into the wall and slides. He slides past the finish line, but not before Dan Weldon, the Englishman, takes it and wins the Indy 500. It was an absolutely stunning finish. Uh, I'm not, like I said, I don't watch a lot of racing. Watched it with a friend of mine who watches a lot of IndyCar for a long time. He was shocked. I mean, he's watched racing for 15 years and he couldn't believe it. Because we were all sitting there kind of like, oh, it's over. Mm-hmm. And then you see this kid crash. You th- what in the heck just happened? <laughs> he just did this, this 23. How do you live that down? I don't know. Every day of your life, this guy's a racer. I mean, I don't know how you get over that. Wasn't it the National Guard car? Yes, I believe they it was. They showed the reaction of the National Guard. They're all it's grabbing. They're like, it's like, oh, oh my gosh. Because like, you, you could I mean, it, I almost thought he almost could have won this race rolling in. 
because he right. crashed and was rolling against the side. Dan Weldon, though, came up. He won it. He's now a two-time IndyCar 500 winner. Hmm. He won it before in 2005. And uh, it's funny because he really didn't even have a full-time ride at all this season. Just kind of came for hit this race and uh, won it. Um, you know, took it from uh, Hildenbrand. Uh, Hildenbrand, uh, I feel bad for the kid. I mean, this was the 100th anniversary of the race. Uh, uh, everything about this place is tradition. And just, you will never forget. I mean, that, that race, I'll never forget that kind of finish. It, you know, he went high. He was trying to pass a guy that he didn't need to pass. And he just went right into the wall. And, whew. Wow. I, I'm sorry. That's and Hildenbrand, Here's a quote from Hildenbrand. He says, quote, my disappointment is for the team. We should have won the race, end quote. They did interview him after the race, a little while after he cooled down. He did seem like he wasn't going to kill himself. <laughs> so he looked okay. But, um, you know, tough uh, tough there. But, Dan Weldon, congratulations. A fantastic Indy 500 win. Um, really got me thinking this sport's better than I thought it was. It really, no, it really was good. Are you jumping on the racing bandwagon? I'm not. I don't oh. like NASCAR. But, no, I'll start jumping on the IndyCar wagon. Oh, all right. But uh, I do want to thank uh, all of our listeners for tuning in this evening to the Spartan Sports Wrap. Uh, sports Wrap. Uh, definitely tune in next week. Uh, we're going to have another great show for you. We're here every week. The Asian Invasion is coming up next. James, I do want to thank you very much for coming on the show show you're welcome <laughs> no problem <laughs> megan thanks for coming on the show as always, no, as always. no but uh, i want to thank all of our listeners again hope everyone's having a safe fun memorial day weekend we'll be here next week you're listening to spartan sports wrap on 88.9 wdbm east lansing You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.